I, w- I want to share something today that I that's practical and I believe this is apt for the kind of situation that many of us might be going through uh, with this pandemic. I want to talk to you on the subject called dealing with failures, dealing with failures. Last week I shared with you on dealing with insecurities and this week I want to continue on that same series and talk about dealing with failures. Now, if you ask anybody this question, <clears throat> excuse me, if you ask this question, uh, do you want to be successful? If you ask this question, then everybody will raise their hands. Everybody will say, I want to be successful. I want to, I want to be prosperous. But at the same time, if you ask this question, how many would like to be a failure? No one will even raise their hands because nobody likes failures. At that point, if you, when you ask that question, who wants to experience failures or wants to go through failures, every hand that went up will immediately come down. Because none of us dream to live a life where we keep failing. None of us want to experience fail- failures. None of us desire to experience failures. Because failures are bitter experiences that can cause a lot of stress, a lot of pain, loss of people and loss of even things that you own. And no one wants failure in their life and no one desires, no one dreams that, okay, one day I wish I will fail. (laughs) Nobody desires that. But here's the truth that we may miss often. If you read the Bible carefully, you will understand that if you desire, if you desire to be successful, you will have to experience failures at least at some point in your life. Can I say that again? You will learn that if you want to be successful, you have to at least fail once in your life. Because failure is an ingredient for success. Failure is also part of the journey where one day you will become successful. It's part of this formula for success. In short, if you want to be successful, you will experience failure at some point in life. Nobody likes failure, but it is a pathway to success. Nobody likes failure, but it is an ingredient to success. So all of us at some point, even the best of us with best capabilities, gifts, or whatever we have, we will experience a failure of some kind. Some failures will cause a lot of trauma, some financial losses, some will cause us to lose valuable relationships. And whatever failure we face, everything is quite hard to handle. And it's not an easy experience to walk through. You see, when we experience success, it's it's a wonderful moment. You know, we give testimony, we tell, oh, God did this in my life and, you know, God did that and I'm so happy and, you know, as a family, you will share testimonies of all that God has done and, you know, you'll celebrate. But when we face failures, we will lose the peace that we had There will be no more joy but tears. We won't even feel like facing people because in many ways you feel embarrassed about what what you are going through. And it's, it's not even a moment where you can go and share your testimony. Thank God, you know, thank God I failed. None of us, I know I've, I've been a Christian all my life uh, and I've never heard, and I was brought up in a church, I've never heard anybody say, thank God I failed got up on stage and said, thank God, I failed. Because failures are always very difficult to handle. And those are the dark seasons of life. 
And this morning what I want to do is I want to share some insights from God's word on how to deal with failures. And I hope and pray that as you listen to this word, I pray that God will strengthen you. And will give you the wisdom to handle this difficult season of life. Amen. Before I go on to talk about how to deal with failures, I want to deal with this question that people might often have. This question that people might often think about. That is, if God is good, if God truly loves us, if he's better than our earthly father, then why does God allow failure in my life? Because, you know, in the, in the Bible, in the New Testament, we see this comparison made between our earthly father and heavenly father. We all have earthly fathers. And the Bible clearly tells us that our heavenly father, God, Jesus, is much more better than our earthly father. Our heavenly father is greater than our earthly father. Now, when you think of earthly fathers, none of the fathers would like their children to fail. None of, their, none of the fathers who are on earth... None of us would send our children to school so that we can fail. We all like our children to succeed. So if the earthly father's desire for the children to succeed and not face failures, then, then why does God, who was our heavenly father, allow failures to come into our life? If our heavenly father is better than our earthly father, why does God allow failures? Many times people will ask, if God is so good, why does he allow these situations to come in our life? And this is a genuine question, a honest feeling that many may struggle with. And I want to say this, if you're struggling with such questions, it's okay. It's, it's normal to feel that way. Such feelings come to us as human beings. However, we shouldn't stop there. We should, we should look at what the word of God says and learn more about why God allows failures in our life. Why God allows failures in our life. And I want to answer this question. I want to turn your attention to a couple of passages. So if you have your Bible uh, and a pen and a notebook, please turn your Bibles with me to Job chapter 5 verse 18. Job 5 18. It's a beautiful verse that reminds us of how God works. Job 5.18 It says like this, For though he wounds, he also bandages. He strikes, but his hands also heal. What does it say? Though he wounds, he also bandages. He strikes, but his hands also heal. Please note down this verse. We're going to look at a few more. Uh, in Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 39, it says like this, Look now, I myself am he. There is no other God but me. I am the one who kills and gives life. I am the one who wounds and heals. No one can be rescued from my powerful hand. You know, if you ask someone what's your favorite memory verse, uh, I can surely say that this verse would not be their favorite memory verse. Uh, favorite verse or favorite verse that they've memorized. Because this, words, this, this verse contains certain phrases and statements that can make us feel a little uncomfortable. We always think of God as a life giver, as a sustainer, creator of all things. But then God presents himself as the one who can kill and also can give life. Okay, alright? So keep that in mind. We're going to continue to look at another verse and then I'll share more with you. Hosea chapter 6 verse 1. Hosea 6 1. It says like this, Come, let us return to the Lord. He has torn us to pieces. 
now he will heal us he has injured us now he will bandage our wounds what is what is the prophet saying come let us return to the lord what has he done he has torn us to pieces now he will heal us he has injured us and now he will bandage our wounds you know these three verses that we see reminds us of something these three verses that we see talks to us about the way in which god works see though he is greater than our earthly father his ways of of working are much more different though he is better than our earthly father the way in which he works in our life is very different and that is why the bible says that his ways are higher than our thoughts and his his thinking and the way he does things are much more bigger than what we think we always imagine and dream everything to work in a beautiful manner but in ways in which god leads sometimes there will be a dark season sometimes there might be difficulty but god brings all of that for a reason when we look at job chapter 5 was 18 we are reminded that god disciplines us out of his great love so that we can become better if you look at job 5:18 it says like this for though he wounds he also bandages his he strikes but his hands also heal you know back in the day the ancient shepherds had this technique of you know tending their flock especially when the young ones when the newborn ones uh, and they bring them into the flock and they try to you know lead them the young ones are very playful the sheep are very playful the young ones and so they will just run away uh, from the flock and wander off and one of the things the shepherd will do is that he'll take the sheep and break its bones he'll take the lamb and break its bones and uh, once the bone is broken he will also put a bandage on top of that and then he will carry the lamb with him wherever he goes on his shoulders he'll carry the lamb with him eventually what will happen is that through that process the lamb will develop such a relationship with the shepherd that next time once it's healed it will never wander away from the shepherd and that is the kind of imagery we see here that is we are reminded that god will discipline us sometimes that means he will allow us to go through a dark season so that we can become better and when we look at deuteronomy chapter 32 verse 39 in this we are reminded that god is in control of everything whether success or failure life or death he is in control often when we are walking through valleys dark seasons where we're experiencing one failure after another one issue after another and in those times it may seem as if the enemy is in control this passage in Deuteronomy 32 verse 39 reminds us that no situation whether it is life or death everything is under god's control even when you're experiencing failures in your life his hand is still over you that is what this passage teaches us and when we come to hosea chapter 6 verse 1 we are reminded of the great mercy of god because you know what god does when we wander away when we go astray he allows certain kind of chastisement he gives us a certain kind of punishment to come into our lives he allows us so that we can realize our mistake and come back to him that is why the prophet says here he has torn us to pieces now he will heal us God is never the God is never the person who will tear us apart and will reject us forever if he allows punishment chastisement if he dis- disciplines us it is so that we can come back to him so when we look at these three 
passages, what we are reminded and what is very clear is that God will allow failures to come into our life. God allows failures to come into our life for a reason. And when you think of failures in life, this is what failures remind us of. The most important thing that we can learn out of failures that we face in life is that failures in life show the supremacy and the sovereignty of God over our life. Failures show the supremacy and the sovereignty of God over our life. Which in other words simply means that in spite of all that we can face, God is still in control. And in all, and in all things and in all situations, He is still God. So failures show the supremacy and the sovereignty of God over our life. Amen. I hope that is clear. So with this understanding, we're going to continue to explore why God allows failures in our life. And I want to share four reasons why such a good God, such a wonderful, merciful, gracious God will allow failures to come into our life. There are four reasons why. The first reason is He allows failures to come into our life to humble us, to humble us. The Bible makes it very clear that God stands against the proud but gives grace to the humble. And it is very clear that if there is one thing that God hates, that is pride. And when we look at God and the way He works, He's the God who constantly looks at our heart. He examines our thought and He analyzes the actions that we take. And in His analysis, if He finds that there is pride in our life, there is pride ruling our life, and in spite of all the repeated warnings He's giving us, if we still continue to live in that pride, then He will allow failures to come so that we can be humbled. We can be humbled. I think of it this way. I think of it this way. God uses failures as a pin, you know, as a pin or a tool with which we can deflate a balloon. Because when you think of pride, pride inflates us. Living with pride is as if pumping air into our body. We can look, you know, impressive. We can look, you know, uh, influential we can we can we can have the power or anything you know it just puffs us up pride puffs us up it it makes us look like this balloon you know that is filled with air that's how our life will be when we are filled with pride there's nothing inside but air but failure god allows failure and failure is like a pin in the hand of god with which he bursts that balloon he bursts pride out of our life and why does God do that? Why does God do that? God simply does that because He knows what the future is like. You see, because God is the all-knowing God, here's what happens. He knows what is going to happen to us if we continue to live in that pride. When a person is filled with pride, what happens is that they're living an imaginary life. They imagine that, oh, everything is in my favor. My life is so amazing. My life is good. There is more success coming my way. They're living an imaginary life every day. And they're thinking of life where they're just prosperous in everything they do. And the dangerous part of pride is that it makes you very arrogant. It makes you have a nasty attitude. God knows what your future is going to be like. And so he will allow failure to come just to humble you. 
God in his foreknowledge knows that if we continue to live in pride, we're eventually going to fall into a place that we cannot recover from easily. So just to divert us from wrong decisions, our attitude, from the nasty attitude that we might have, God allows failures to come. God will allow certain kind of chastisement so that we can be diverted from the wrong path. He will use failures to humble you so that you can attain the blessings that God has kept in store for you. And here's something I want you to know. If God did not bring a failure into your life to humble you, you would have destroyed yourself by your own decisions. I don't know who this is for, but I want to let you know. If God did not bring in a failure to humble you, you would have been destroyed years ago. And I, I, see, it, I see it this way. Failures come out of God's mercy towards us. God allows failure out of His great mercy towards us in that He uses failures to correct us. You look at what the psalmist is saying in Psalm 119 verse 71. He's saying like this, My suffering was good for me. Why? For it taught me to pay attention to your decrees. In the ESV translation it says like this, It is good for me that I was afflicted, that I might learn your statutes. You see what the psalmist is saying here? He understood that suffering, a loss, a failure is good because it taught him something better that he didn't know. So God uses failure to teach us lessons that we would not learn otherwise. God uses failures to humble us. That is why God allows failure into our life. I hope that is clear. I want to go to the second reason. Why does God allow failure? God allows failure to realign our life. God allows failure to realign our life. I hope you're writing these points down. First one that I shared was God allows failure to humble us. Second one, God allows failure to realign our life. See, God's ways of you know, allowing failures to come into our life is just so that we can be realigned to His purpose. If you look at Hosea chapter 6 verse 1, it says like this, Come, let us return to the Lord. He has torn us to pieces. He will heal us. Now He will heal us. He has injured us. Now He will bandage our wounds. If you look at Israel, Israel went away from the Lord. They committed spiritual adultery against the Lord. And because, and God punished them, God allowed chastisement to come into their life because God's purpose for Israel was, to, was for Israel to be a nation that will carry his name. God desired Israel to be a people that is holy for his name. But what did Israel do? They started worshipping other gods and God punishes them. He sends them as captives to Babylon. Terrible things happen to them. Why does God do that? Just so that Israel can be realigned so that they can continue to fulfill God's purpose. And here's something I want you to know about God's purpose. God is more committed to the purpose than you are committed to the purpose. Let me explain this. God has created each one of us with a purpose, with a goal in mind. And God is very much committed to fulfilling that purpose through you than even you might be sometimes. Sometimes we may understand the purpose of God and uh, 10 days we might work towards it and then the remaining 20 days we might just while away our time. 
You see, God is very much focused for the reason which he has created you for. God is serious about his purposes. For example, if God gives you a calling and brings you into his ministry and once God has made his purpose clear to you, he will begin working in ways to accomplish that purpose. And when you kind of stray away from that purpose, he will send a chastisement, a form of failure, a punishment sometimes that will tear you apart. But the good thing is, it will realign you. It will bring you back into the right track. Why does God do that? God does that so that he can heal you and continue to accomplish his purposes through you. Sometimes, you know, when you go astray from God, there is this thinking that will come. Sometimes we won't even realize that we are going astray. We may think, oh, I'm doing well, everything is fine in life. But God will allow for some form of failure to come into our life to make us realize that we have gone too far from God. Too far from God. So failures are God's ways of realigning us for His purpose. If you look at Psalm 66 verse 10, Psalmist says like this, For you, O God, have tested us. You have tried us as silver is tried. This is something that will happen to everyone God chooses. God has a purpose over their life. That is for everyone. God will test us and they've got, and the psalmist says, You have tried us as silver is tried. And verse 11, for you, for you brought us into the net, you laid a crushing burden on our backs. Verse 12, verse 12 says like this, You let men ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water. Yet you have brought us out of, out to a place of abundance. You see what happens? The journey. You have tested us. You have tried us. You brought us into the net. And you laid a crushing burden on our backs. You let men ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water. Yet you have brought us out to a place of abundance. What, what is all, the, all of this tells us? God will allow failures to come so that you can be realigned for His purpose. So that you can be committed for the purpose for which He has created you. I hope this is clear. Another reason why God allows failures to come into your life. God allows failures to come into your life so that you can increase your dependency on Him. You can increase your dependency on Him. You know, when we talk about trusting God, when we talk about having faith in God, what we're talking about is having or living a life that is dependent completely on God. Psalmist says in Psalm 20 verse 7, some trust in horses and some in chariots, but we trust in the name of our God. In other words, what Psalmist is saying is that they depend on chariots and horses, but I depend on God for victory. Trusting and you know, believing in God or having faith in God is just another way of depending in God. It's just another term that tells us about being dependent on God. And if at any moment in our life we become independent of God, if at any moment of life where we feel like, oh, I can, I can achieve, I can do awesome things without being dependent on God, without God's help, you know, that's, <laughs> that's where we begin to fail. That's where we begin to fail. You know, there were, there were two things that happened in my life many years ago. Two things that happened. One was, you know, I, my passion was always to be an audio engineer. And so I was working really hard towards, you know, doing a study in 
in audio engineering and I was working hard for that uh, and then one day I fell sick. I'm a kind of person who hardly falls sick. I mean fever and flu that's different but other than that I don't fall sick. I fall really I fell really sick to a point that I just couldn't sit up straight on the bed. I couldn't keep my head up for a long time and then went to the hospital did some test and found out I had dengue a dengue fever and uh, back in the, those times it was a bit severe and uh, my platelet count began to drop and I was admitted in the hospital and I had to drink papaya leaves I don't know if you've ever ever you know had papaya leaf juice it's terrible I just want to let you know and uh, also I had to drink uh, the uh, the juice that is made out of papaya skin so the inside of the papaya is awesome but the outside is is just terrible it's too bitter i was going through all those medications and and at that time somehow i began to you know through the guidance of my mentors i was i began to pray and seek god and later i realized that god allowed the sickness to come into my life just so that i can be more dependent on him because at life you know with all these dreams and ambitions and goals that we have we can say oh i know what to do i know how to accomplish this thing i have this connection oh i met this person i can do this but the moment we step away from god god will allow one failure to come just to realign us because god in his foreknowledge foreknowledge knows that when we become independent when we become independent of god we are setting up ourselves for failure when we become independent of god we are setting up ourselves for failure psalmist understood that he said whom have i in heaven but you there's nothing on earth i desire but you he is expressing his dependency on god you see if we leave god and you know stop being dependent on him and try to accomplish things on our own in life that is when failure will come and god will allow that intentionally on purpose to teach us a lesson that when we become independent we are setting up ourselves for failure when you look at the life of moses his life is an excellent example of dependency on god in exodus 33 verse 15 he says like this god if your presence will not go with me do not bring us up from here and you see what's happening in this passage earlier uh, if you if you go to verse 2 god says i'm not going to come before you but i'm going to send an angel okay this is what god is saying i will send an angel before you i'll drive out the canaanites the amorites the hittites the perizzites the hivites and the jebusites god says i'm going to send an angel before you but i'm not going to come uh, and god says the the angel will fight the battle and you'll be able to go up to the land in verse 3 flowing with milk and honey but i will not go up among you because of israel's stubbornness now moses moses you you look at him is a very interesting character he doesn't say okay god fine you know anyway promises are being fulfilled anyway we're getting the promised land so let us keep going let us not stop he doesn't say okay you know battles are fought anyway we are going to, get, going to get the victory whether you come or not angels are coming it's fine he never says that he never says that but guess what he says he says lord if you do not go with us do not take us up from here you know 
that that kind of tells us how dependent moses was that reminds us of the way we need to live our life we need to in every decision that we make we have to say god if this is not your presence if this is not what you're guiding me to let me not go into that that should be our prayer every day every day we should say god if this is something that you're not doing in my life let me let me not participate in that i do not want to be in a place where your presence is not there you know if we can learn to live this kind of life of dependency and trusting in god i tell you that's a that's a glorious life it's a life filled with peace many times we are filled with so much of tension and anxiety fear of the future has taken over our, our, our lives because our dependency has grown weak and we are becoming more independent and i want to let you know that as god's children the moment we become independent of god we are setting up ourselves for failure but the more dependent we are saying god i need you i need your presence i want you to go before me every day the more dependent we are we will experience success in our life we will experience the glorious presence of god in our life i like what the new living translation it puts it this way in exodus 33:15 it says like this if you don't personally go with us that should be our prayer god if you don't take go before go with me personally go before me personally do not make us leave this place as we read the bible what becomes obvious is that god loves for his children to be dependent on him god desires that we as his children depend on him but the moment that dependency is taken away the moment we become independent everything changes when we start depending on people on wealth on other things other than his presence god will allow a failure to remind us that you cannot do nothing without me that you cannot do anything without me In John chapter 15 verse 5 Jesus says as I am the vine and you are the branches those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit for apart from me listen to this carefully from apart from me for apart from me you can do nothing apart from me you can do nothing God designed us so that we can commune with him God designed us so that we can be dependent on him when the dependency fails he will allow a dark situation a dark season to come into our life to realign us and to remind us that we have lost that dependency I hope that is clear I hope that is clear the fourth reason why God allows failure to come into our life is when is is when we fail to steward the resources that god has given us failure to manage the resources that god has given us will also lead to failure what do i mean by that see when god blesses you and gives you certain resources but you fail to steward that god might give you certain things or certain people to accomplish his purpose in your life but when you fail in managing those resources he will allow a failure to come into your life to teach you a lesson for example if god 
blesses you and gives you a financial increase. And instead of using that finance for a good purpose, and if you go on spending unnecessarily for a lot of things that are not even required, God will cause a failure to come that will take away what you have. And it will make you understand that every resource, every blessing that you have is from God. The moment we mismanage what we have, that is when God allows failures to come into our life to remind us that what we are doing is not right. For instance, if God blesses you and gives you a team of people to work with, but you take those group of people for granted, you kind of, you know, abuse them, show your temper towards them and behave in a rude manner, you know, people can tolerate. People may tolerate, people may have patience, but when you mistreat another creation that God has given you, another person that God has given you, heaven will not tolerate. When you mismanage people that you have, Heaven will not tolerate. And when you do that, God will allow failures. When we do that, God will allow failures to come into our life just to remind us that we are not doing what's pleasing to the Lord. Amen. These are four reasons why failures will come into our life. These are four reasons why such a good God, such a merciful, such a gracious God will allow failures to come. The first reason is that the first reason is that God allows failures to humble us. And the second is that he allows failures to realign us. And third one is to increase our dependency. And fourth one, when we fail to steward the resource or manage what he has given us, failures will come into our life. Finally, I want to share with you how we can deal with failures. Maybe you are walking through a season of failure in your life or maybe you are not. Maybe you are walking through a good season of life. That's great, awesome. But what I'm going to share with you is something that you can apply at any point in life when you're going through a dark situation. Or if you see anyone, you know, in your family or your friend circle or anybody around you who, who are going through this, I'm going to share something with you that you can use to share with them or counsel them or something that you can apply in your own lives. How to deal with failures. These are, this is really important because all of us know how to deal with success, how to deal with victory. But when it comes to dealing with failures, it's always very difficult and challenging for us. When we look at failures, one of the key things is this. We must understand that failures are seasons when we can reset our life. I'm talking about dealing with failures and this is what I want to start with. Failures are seasons where you can reset your life. Reset your life. See, God will allow failure to come to teach you a lesson. And when you seek the Lord and ask Him, God, what is it that you're trying to teach me? You can learn that lesson. You can, you know, kind of go through that reset mode where you realign certain things, where you change the way you work or change the way you do certain things and then eventually, you know, get back to where, you, where God wants you to be. And that is why I call failures as a season where you can reset your life. And the way you can deal with failures is this. And if we turn our attention to Psalm 139, verse 23, there is this beautiful passage that the psalmist David writes. He says like this, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Verse 24, Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. What is psalmist saying here? A couple of things, a couple of keywords that we can take from this prayer. That is, search me, O God. 
and know my heart and then he goes on to say test me and know my anxious thoughts and then in verse third in verse 24 he says point out anything in me that offends you and then fourth one lead me into the way everlasting along the path of everlasting life now i i look at this verse i look at this verse as a formula for dealing with failures in your life when you experience failures or when you're going through a dark season of life where you're facing one failure after another one disappointment after another i i want you to look at all of these things and look at this verse through which you can deal with those failures in life psalmist talks about search me o god and then he says test me and know my thoughts and then he says point out and lead me this verse is like a formula through which we can overcome failures in our life because in this verse what the psalmist is doing is that he's praying to god and asking him to asking god to search him now if you look at the life of david he was a man who obeyed god in everything and also he was a man who constantly listen to this carefully he was a man who constantly opened up his heart for scrutiny for scrutiny he is asking god father search me test me point out if there is anything in me and lead me in the way everlasting david opened up his heart his soul his mind completely before the lord for god to scrutinize see if we were to examine our own life we will be a bit partial you know we will say okay this is there but it's okay you know we will justify but when god examines our life it will be a totally a different kind of examination a different kind of examination and what psalmist is doing here is that he's saying god search me search me when we are walking through a season of failure our first prayer is that god search me Why do we have to make this prayer God search me The reason why we have to make this prayer is that God knows us better than anyone else God knows us better than we know ourselves I want to make this clear God knows us better God knows you and me better better than our own parents God knows you and me better better than we ourselves and that is why psalmist david is asking god to search him when we walk through a season of failure or some sort of disappointment or failure in life we have to kneel down in the presence of god and say god search me god search me examine my life because you know me better than anyone else when we open up ourselves for scrutiny what we are doing is we are dealing with the failures that we faced in life but if we say oh the season will just pass away i'm just going to wait on the lord and and just see what will happen we are failing to do something when we walk through failures we have to allow god to reset certain things in our life because god will never allow a failure without a purpose and if he allows something it is to realign reset something in our life and it all begins with this one prayer saying god search me because god knows us better than anyone else and from search me the next thing we have to go to is god test me test me and in this stage you are asking god to test for any anxieties or worry and even sometimes test me for some pride in my life why do we have to say god test me sometimes there will be certain things in our life certain habits in our life certain 
changes that have come over time that we ourselves won't realize that it is a mistake. And it begins by saying, God, test me. See if there is some pride in me. Or see if there is an emotion that is destroying me. Sometimes, you know, I've, I've often witnessed this, that Christians would justify their short-tempered behavior. See, short-tempered is... Short-tempered behavior is absolutely wrong and something that always causes us to fall to sin. The Bible says, be angry but do not sin. But when you're short-tempered, you will commit multitude of sins. I want to make that clear. And and when you, sometimes I've, I've often seen, even I have done that, you know, I've kind of, you know, kind of justified my anger. But the reality is when God tests us, all this garbage called anger, short-tempered behavior, garbage called ego, will all begin to come out. Because God can perform a test. See, sometimes we may think, oh, our body is in a good shape, in a good condition. But when we go for some test, we'll realize, oh, my BP is low. Oh, my sugar levels have gone up. You know, there's something wrong with me. We may feel like, because we will always be partial towards us. We will give good report about us. When someone asks, How, how's your health? Awesome, you know, I'm doing well. But then the reality, when you get tested, It'll be very different. And that is what's happening here. There's an examination that's happening where psalmist is saying, God, test me. Because I may be partial with myself, but I want you to test me and let me know what is going through in my life. Because this failure that has come is because I am holding on to something. Maybe an unforgiveness. Maybe this ego that I've built up over time because of which failure is coming. Because of which failure has come. When we ask God to test us, He'll give us a reality of what's happening in our life. Then the third thing David says is, point out, verse 24, point out anything, point out anything in me that offends you. David opened up his soul completely before God, asking that, and here's what he is doing, asking if there are any unknown and unperceived sins. Unknown, or unperceived sins. And this is something important because many times, you know, in life, as we go through this journey of life and as we live our life, we may do certain things that that doesn't seem like sin or it doesn't even seem like anything wrong, even in the sight of people. But according to God, it is wrong. And often what happens is when we do certain things over time, over time, and we will eventually lose the the, the discernment to know that what we're doing is wrong. What you're doing is wrong. And what Psalmist is doing is that when he's saying, God, point out, he's saying, God, dig up my life. See if there is any unknown sins or unpursued sins. Because many times there can be things in our life, activities that we do, that will be displeasing to the Lord, that will cause grief to the Lord. But to us, it may seem like a normal thing to do. You know, as, as Psalmist makes his prayer, what it shows is that this man truly cared for holiness in his life. He truly cared for holiness in his life. You know, God desires that you and I be holy. That is what he desires. And Psalmist David is saying, God, point out. Is there anything in me that offends you? That is how we have to deal with failures in our life. When it, it, when it comes, it comes for a purpose. And we have to be in prayer saying, God, point out. Because failures are a season where we have to reset our life, realign our life once again. And we have to say, God, point out something if there is something that's wrong in me. And when we say, God, help me recognize that, 
we will find out there are so many things that we've been doing that god was not happy with finally david says lead me in the everlasting path lead me along the path of everlasting life and it's a beautiful prayer he says search me test me point out finally he says god continue to lead me on the path of everlasting life this is where this man wanted to be he says it's better to be a doorkeeper in the house of my lord than to dwell in the tents of the wicked failures are a time in your life where you have to look back and say that okay god has allowed it for a reason and let me ask god to search me test me and point out and see if there is anything wrong in me and by doing so i'll be able to figure out what the issue is and by doing so god will continue to lead me on the path to everlasting life i don't know what failures you might be facing today but i want to let you know that god is a merciful god i want to let you know that god is a god who is patient with us he allows failures for a reason not to destroy us but to rebuild us and this prayer of the psalmist is a prayer to rebuild us prayer to renew us prayer to reset our life and if there is a failure in your life if there is a failure in our life today may we ask the lord search me o god test me o lord point out if there is anything in me this is a prayer that's a formula for dealing with failures in life because constantly when we bring our heart and our mind and our thoughts under god's scrutiny under his examination it is as of walking to a clinic where, do- where 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 the doctor is god and we say god test me please test me the more we allow ourselves for scrutiny we will come out as a refined person but if we do not allow ourselves to be scrutinized by the lord and when we experience failures will continue to live in that failure continue to fa- you know face the same losses and eventually we'll become a person who'll be so angry with god and say god why do you allow this thing in my life what did i do to you what did i wrong you you know god never allows anything without a reason and if we can make this prayer what the psalmist made you will find out if there is pride in you you will find out if there is a mismanagement of resources in your life you'll find out what has really gone wrong god will help you reset realign your life for his great purpose and i want to encourage you church i want church i want to i want to leave you with this if there is a failure in your life it's a time to reset your life ask god what you should be doing ask him to search you test you and point out anything that offends him god will do that in your life by doing so your life will be set on a right path once again it'll be set on a right path once again and god desires that you do that today i encourage you take some time after this sermon if you're walking through a season of difficulty or failure ask the lord to test you search you and then point out if there is anything that offends him and god will help you find that out failures are a re- are a season to reset your life and i pray that you will take this seriously and apply it to your own life Amen. Can we look into the Lord in prayer? Father, we thank you for what you've spoken to us through your word. Thank you for ministering to us through your word and even as we continue to seek you. Even as we seek you 
ask of your intervention saying lord search me test me point out anything in me help us oh lord help us master help us oh lord to realign our life to your great purpose help us to reset our lives oh god so that we can live a life that pleases you and we can do the very thing that delights your heart that we may be called as a generation that is after your own heart help us oh lord we pray we thank you for who you are and for all that you have done in our life thank you for speaking to us through your word today we thank you for the fellowship you've given us we love you lord and in your name in your matchless all powerful name we pray amen and amen and amen 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 let's keep our eyes closed for the benediction may the love of the father and the grace of our lord jesus christ and the sweet fellowship of the holy spirit be with each one of us for now and forever amen and amen and amen amen